0: Bright well, suns, travelers, and welcome to episode 15 of Octo Radio. I, as always, am Alden Diaz, and today is going to be a special episode. Uh, it's not going to be news-based or uh, any insights or conversational stuff. Uh, it's going to be more so a recap and a review of something that all of us were looking forward to for at least the past five years uh, since Disney purchased Lucasfilm. Obviously, Disney gets involved with something. You know they're going to incorporate it into parks. And that would be Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. We were all really excited for the park to finally open here on the East Coast. Since the West Coast has already had it for a couple months, I was lucky enough to be able to go up there, but I did not go alone. With me today is my real-life co-worker and good friend. Uh, you may know her from the Radio Waves of South Florida, where she is a co-host on South Florida's classic rock, Big 105.9. She is also an avid nerd and geek and cat lover. A little bit under the weather today, but still cool enough to do the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Heather.
1: Yay. Can I applaud myself?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all you've got is me, so we gotta beef up the applause <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> we'll layer we're, that
1: in later. We'll do it in post.
0: Yeah, we'll edit it in post. We won't. We won't edit it in post. But uh, so, yeah, so you got to come uh, to Galaxy's Edge as well. We were both lucky enough to do that. So, were you uh, excited about it in general? Are you a parks person?
1: I am a parks person more not normally a Disney parks person mm-hmm. but I was super super excited for this.
0: Yeah, me too. And so let's let's rewind a little bit. So Heather's been around uh, the nerd sphere a little bit longer than I have because Heather's been around the planet a little bit longer than I have.
1: I'm old. Thank you. Yes.
0: A little bit longer than I have. You're still uh, a youthful millennial uh <laughs> padawan. You're one of, you're like one of those padawan's in the old EU where they were like get a little old, you're gonna need someone to train you or we're gonna ship you off to uh, the farming core or whatever. Someone will remind me what it was in the Obi-Wan uh, Jedi Apprentice books. Like, oh, you're getting too old and nobody wants you, bye. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you've been around uh, the Star Wars fandom since the mid to late 90s, correct?
1: Early early to early to mid 90s is when I first got into it, well before there was any discussion of prequels.
0: Yeah, so the, the basically the Dark Ages...
1: Yeah, back when nobody was into it, and I was the really weird kid.
0: And people like, Star Wars? think the thing my dad likes, and that type of stuff. They didn't even know what it was. <laughs> they were just, so does it get equated to anything? Like, was there a sci-fi? There's no Matrix. Next no. Generation's on TV, I guess.
1: Yeah, Star Trek. They knew it in a Star Trek versus Star Wars situation, at least where I grew up.
0: Yeah, which I'm glad we're past, honestly. Like, that's a little bit of a, of a side tangent, but... And A, never made sense to me. And B, even looking at it now that there's so much more, like even when you look at the new stuff, like Discovery is not like Rebels or the sequel movies. or they're, Yeah. It's very different. I know that JJ sort of Star wars his Star Trek a little bit, much to the chagrin of Star Wars fans. But that's a whole other conversation for another time. So <laughs> we got to go uh, to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, we got to go up uh, a couple days before it opened and check it out in a less strenuous environment.
1: Oh, you get so much more immersed when there are no other people there?
0: Yeah, when there's not somebody, you know, ravenously looking for lightsaber crystals so they can flip them online. (laughs) When when we did go when it was actually open, one of the first things I pointed out to Heather on the side was this dude already leaving uh, with bags upon bags upon bags, like a pack mule, and you just know. That he's a flipper. Yeah. You could just feel the flipper energy coming off of him, and it's so annoying because he probably shoved eight kids out of the way. <laughs> and just don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. But uh, what you should be uh, is really excited for the park because it is great. We'll get that out of the way up front. I think it's wonderful. Did you uh, have a generally good experience?
1: It, it was the most amazing park experience I've ever had, yeah. hands down.
0: Yeah. I think it's pretty great. So we'll set the stage a little bit. Uh, As Heather said, uh, it's immersive. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, about some of the things you appreciated, uh, cast members, you know, it could be a little medieval timesy, I think, for the casual person. But just get into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. Well, uh, the first thing that you'll notice is when you're in Galaxy's Edge, you're on Batuu, the planet. Uh, You're at the Black Spire outpost. You cannot see the other parts of Disney around you, you like. I'm not seeing Cinderella's Castle or anything like no. that. It's you're you're fully isolated in that section,
0: which I love because mm-hmm. I. It's fine. I mean, when you're at, you know, the obvious comparison is going to be Wizarding World. You know. Yes, when, it,
1: it feels a lot like going around that corner.
0: Yeah, it definitely is because they, they did a really good job at Wizarding World of making it feel secluded, but there are still times in Wizarding World where you're like, oh yeah, like this is, you know, this is Islands. This is Universal. To a certain extent.
1: Yeah. Oh, I remember the first time Wizarding World where I uh, was trying to figure out, looking on a map where it was, because visiting for the first time right after it opened, and I couldn't figure it out. I had no clue where the actual park was until I walked through the wall. And I was like,
0: oh. Yeah, oh, with the, uh, the Diagon Alley yeah. side. Yeah, right. Because
1: uh, you have to like go yeah, around the thing. Yeah, that side they, they did a lot better <laughs> they job They hid of. that yeah. real well. <laughs> yeah, that, that side is hid very well. Think
0: think that if you yeah. have been to Universal, but you haven't gotten a chance to head up to Batu yet, which I imagine... At least some of you uh, won't be going for a while because it's nuts, you know, in, in those first opening fully, days. Fully booked yeah. for a lot of things. Uh, that's one thing. A lot noticed. of things. The lightsaber experience, I think last time Heather checked was through Christmas time?
1: It was Christmas Eve was the first available, but that was a few days ago, so yeah. good oh, luck.
0: That's absurd. So we'll, we'll get into lightsabers uh, momentarily. So we go. It is Batu. It's Black Spire Outpost, like Heather was saying. You know, you're you're hidden away from the rest of the park, it's it's exciting to see the level of detail they put not only into the architecture and, like, aesthetics, but the employees are all into it, the backstories. Yeah. So you've got, you know, your iconic characters, like your Chewy. You had your own Chewy experience. I
1: did. I got to meet Chewie.
0: And you, you got pictures with him, and there's also Vimerati from the new novels, uh, Phasma and Black Spire uh, by Delilah S. Dawson. And you've got your Rey and your Kylo Ren and your Stormtroopers and stuff. So even if you've just seen the movies, you will totally understand like what's going on, at least on a base level, that is good has part of the park and evil has the other part of the park. It's very much like a turf war. But uh, which attraction specifically uh, do you want to start with? Are we going to go start right at the Falcon or lightsabers?
1: Yeah, let's just start with the order in which uh, we experience things. Go for
0: it. Okay, cool. So when we were there uh, at the beginning of the day... Uh, I, I rode the Falcon once alone and then when Heather and I met up, uh, we did that again. So let's talk about, uh, seeing it for the first time.
1: Oh, that, that was the first thing I saw. Cause I, I walked in a back entrance and, and you just, I turned a corner and, oh, it's the Millennium Falcon. It's, it's there. It's exactly what you pictured it. It's just like my Lego sets, but only bigger, real, like life size. It's amazing.
0: And it really does, like, even if it's not life-size, like, it totally looks like it is. It
1: feels like it would be life-size.
0: Yeah, like, looking up at it, the the detail, the burn marks. um, I mean, we got to meet the Imagineer, uh, Brianna, who was in charge of, like, the aesthetic and, like, the art direction for Mm -hmm. it and everything. And they did such an amazing job. So you're already, like, sold. Like, at that point, I don't even care if the ride was (laughs) underwhelming. Yes. Because they got the experience uh, of, you know, did that hunk of junk feel mm-hmm. and everybody there's tons of great spaces and angles to take photos in front of it but uh then we go into the line and the line i think was just as cool
1: uh, the line is great it's like you're walking through the hallways and the uh smuggling compartments on the falcon itself
0: yeah the hallways that han dirtied. i mean we kept making jokes like because now that we've seen solo a star wars story it just drives home like how much of a slob Han Solo is because... Treated it so badly. Because, you know, it, it's another important thing to note that we didn't say up front is with immersion uh, comes not just a place, but also a time. So Han is dead at this at the point that you're riding this ride. You know, The mm-hmm. Force Awakens. I, if you're listening to this show and you've made it to episode 15, or if you sought the show out at all, you probably know that Han Solo dies in episode seven. So spoiler on that. I'm sorry. If you <laughs> or didn't know. my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. But... Han's dead, but the the ship's still not cleaned up. In fact, it might even be in worse hands now because Hondo Onaka from the animated series, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, guides you uh, onto the ride. He's in charge of it right now. He's watching it while Chewie is doing resistance stuff. And he sends you on a smuggling run. And so once you're through the line, uh, you see him toward the end and then they get you into the cockpit. And I feel like it's just like emotional beat after emotional beat because you see it, then you get in line. Then you go through the line, but then when you're watching the – the, because, by the way, it's all Star Wars doors.
1: Oh, yeah. The Star Le- Wars
0: sliding doors are – automatic doors are fantastic.
1: Unbelievable.
0: And even in, like, the restaurant and everything, which is really cool.
1: Docking Bay 7, yes. Yeah.
0: So we get into the cockpit, and we had a chance to try out some different jobs. Uh, we'll start with the piloting, and then we'll get into the – the segment called Heather still hasn't figured out how to shoot <laughs> because I re- I made a mental note too. I was like Alden, YouTube the Gunner portion of the ride before you record with Heather. That way, uh, you could try to explain it. And I didn't. So uh, let's start. Let's start with piloting at least. Uh, what were your impressions of? Controls and the feel and all that stuff.
1: Uh, Yeah, the controls, I felt... Now, I thought I had a very different experience from you because I felt like I didn't have that much control over the ship as I was piloting, but you thought the opposite.
0: Yeah, did you start in left or right?
1: I only piloted once, and it was right pilot.
0: Yeah, see, it was weird because... Maybe it was just about expectations because I expected it to be like, yeah, sure, they're going to give me, quote, control, like, it'll be whatever I'll be able to point it a little bit but I felt like I definitely you know when I when I crashed I was like oh that was my fault like when I, <laughs> when I or when I you know on the the rare moment that I did do a, a slick dodge or something I was like yeah I did that like th- that that's more like what I meant like I don't know enough about rides uh nor have I ever flown a spaceship to be able to tell you like how accurate it would actually feel or in comparison of different rides at different parks around the world but it definitely does a good job of making you feel like you're a part of it. Yeah. And so you flew, but you were also Gunner, which I just mentioned a minute ago. Yeah, I tried
1: Gunner twice.
0: And how'd it go? Not well. No?
1: Well, the first time, they, they didn't explain very well as I was getting on. Like They're like, oh, just push the flashing buttons. So I just started holding down any button that flashed. Turns out that's not very accurate. Like My accuracy score was like a 34%.
0: And I, I wonder if it's like some buttons are to aim... Because there's no cursor or anything. That's what
1: I did for the second round of the gunner is I'm like, oh, well, on my little display here, we were constantly flying over what we needed to shoot at, so I only needed, I always needed to shoot down, so I was only hitting the bottom one. Right. And it seemed like I was hitting, but my accuracy only went up to 39%, so I don't think I'm that good.
0: In fairness, I haven't watched New Hope in a little bit, but I'm pretty sure that Luke was like pretty sucky at the the gunner turret until that one shot that he got which (laughs) han does call him out for so (laughs) don't get cocky kid at least did as well as luke skywalker
1: oh thank you (laughs) as a 19
0: year old luke so i've
1: never shot womp rats back home so no
0: no and honestly you know i never thought about that line until you just said it just now kind of messed up like that he likes to hunt i don't even like did they eat womp rats like i don't know because it's like You can make an argument like, yeah, it was a farming territory, like, you know, they were moisture farmers, so, like, whatever. But it kind of sounds like our real-world equivalent would be like, I grabbed my BB gun and I shot a cat. like.
1: Are womp rats the equivalent of a cat or are they uh, the equivalent of, like, a rat?
0: Either way, it's a little weird, don't you think?
1: I feel like moisture farmers would want to keep the womp rats out of their crops. They don't have crops. They're moisture <laughs> farmers. I'm I don't know. Confused. I have no problem with it.
0: Somewhere out there is somebody listening to the show, and they're on Wikipedia furiously typing. And they're like, <laughs> Alden doesn't know anything about the biology of a womp rat. I need that person to, to definitely tweet the show. Uh, and I we'll, certainly we'll, don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. But uh, the other position, uh, there are three positions, and you can get six people on the ride, uh, would be engineer, which I found to be the best experience for the person that— Wants to be there and have the aesthetic and have all the emotions, but wants to have the least stress (laughs) because engineer, you're able to sort of look to your left at the screen because that was or you're right. That's a criticism you have of Gunner, That right? is a
1: criticism I have of the Gunner position is that, like, because you're the three seats, uh, you know, straight in front of each other, lined up, and the screen is at the front uh, where all the action is happening. As the Gunner, you're so busy looking at trying to aim or which button you should push, I found myself not looking out the screen at the amazing ride that was happening.
0: Yeah, because the the actual, you know, graphics and visuals of flying uh, off of Batu and then to... Corellia, yeah, I think it's Corellia. Pretty sure it is. Um, where Han is from, and Kira as well, and Solo um, are great. Everything looks great. It looks movie quality. I mean, the the actual cockpit itself is movie quality, but it is a problem when you don't get to you know really appreciate that because mm-hmm. with the faithfulness to the movies comes the you know uninteresting visual of the gunner screen. Where it looks like '70s, yeah, it does. Sort of tech, you know, on purpose. But yeah, so engineer is sort of like the happy medium, I think. Where you get a, you get your you know your action; it's all reaction time on engineer. That was the one that you didn't get to do. I didn't. And I did that one at the end. I never did gunner, so we'll have to swap next time that we visit, which will definitely be soon. Uh, so engineer definitely a good time, and then. What's cool is that we discovered that being worse at it actually adds to the ride.
1: <laughs> yes. When was it? When I was the pilot, or was it? You were you well, piloting we, then? We
0: co-piloted at some point. <laughs> I think we co-piloted once or twice. Okay. And uh, by the way, uh, left left pilot, right pilot. Left pilot moves left right. Right pilot moves up down and gets to jump to hyperspace, which whew, is <laughs> I got chills. Yeah. You get chills when you do that. So they they obviously all the controls light up when you're supposed to do them, and one of them is like. I feel like the ride, you know, the Imagineers almost knew how emotional it was going to be because it almost feels like the ride stops for a beat. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, you know, make the jump to hyperspace and Hondo's yelling at you and then it lights up with the green ring around it and you just have this moment of like, oh, yeah. Like, total <laughs> Keanu Reeves, yeah. You pull it back and it's it's exactly, you know, it's exactly what I thought it would feel like. It's beautiful. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, and we'll get into some other, like, oh, man, that was, that was amazing moments with... Some other things uh, a little bit later on. But, yeah, so if you do worse uh, like we did when we were co-piloting, you can't jump to hyperspace, at least successfully, because you damaged it. So you (laughs) ruined the ship.
1: Accidentally ended up in an asteroid field because we were so bad during the smuggling run.
0: Yeah. So that was unfortunate, but also fun because it made it longer. And the ride, you know, the hallways of the line will react accordingly to how you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be like sirens going off and, you know, smoke. And so all that is cool. And Heather noticed one thing about leaving is that we left a different way. Ah, it felt like every time,
1: every single time. Uh, I I assume at one point we were leaving during a way that normal attendees would not leave when we went through an elevator.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true.
1: I feel like that's not a general open to the public exit, but yeah, we seem to, we all, I thought we were always getting in the same way, but we must not have been.
0: No, I mean, one time I, because they were doing like some media stuff in the actual, like, I don't know what the word is. Is
1: Does everybody pass that, the the hollow chess?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the core of the line because they, I've been told that when you go during a normal business hours thing, it's sort of like someone facilitates the line and they're like, all right, come on. And then you get like your four seconds to jump at the table, take a photo and move. Yeah. That type of thing. Which is great. I mean, it looks just like it. Even that part of the ride is interactive, where every now and then one of the Disney cast members will be like, "Oh, she's broken again. Can one of you guys go push the red button?" And I'm I'm hoping they do that with the kids. Oh, so like,
1: that would be amazing. You don't need
0: to send you know the means of the world over to to push the button. I mean, I, <laughs> I I'm ge- geeking out about enough stuff. But uh, the,
1: well, the kids haven't grown up with it yet. They don't know. They don't appreciate it.
0: That's an interesting question. Screw I, the kids. I wonder. Well, she said that, not me. But I, but I wonder <laughs> if, uh, do kids have an attachment to the Falcon if they're growing up on the sequel trilogy? It's, a, it's an interesting question. They do a good job in the new movies of selling it as important. Yeah. But I also wonder, well, I wonder in the first place what their perspective of like the ownership is. Because if you grew up with Star Wars pre-2015, you always knew like it used to be Lando's. We just never saw it mm-hmm. until now but it's Hans but now there are kids that are like oh it was this old guy's ship and now it's Ray and Chewie so yeah. it's an interesting question and, but they do a good job in the park overall I think of you know I had somebody uh, message me on Instagram that asked hey um, is this just gonna be like only the new stuff matters you know F the old stuff and not really at all it's really just like open ended Star Wars playground it yeah. feels like like it's clearly set in the sequel trilogy because they're making it canon, but there's stuff from every era, every animated series and stuff, so I feel like that was all really well represented.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm, you know, I'm much more original trilogy than I am prequels or even new trilogies, so, yeah. uh, and I still appreciated it a
0: lot. Yeah, and uh, that'll be a good uh, segue into actually droids, where they very openly give you two options, one for modern day and one for, you know, the classics. So yes. you go to the Droid Depot, and we both had sort of pre-planned in our heads what we were going to do, but we were able to get in there and experience the Droid building. So uh, walk me through the process, uh, what you remember about choosing things, and mm-hmm. obviously there's for, for the options we describe here, there's tons of options we did not choose that yeah. we don't remember. So go ahead with that.
1: You you walk in, and uh, you will be asked if you want to build an R2 unit or a BB unit, uh, and then you get an appropriate shopping basket, uh, if you will, uh, based on that, then you head over to a conveyor belt where you select all the different pieces that you'll have little pictures of in your shopping basket. So you select all the parts that you need and then you um, will transfer that over to the building section where cast members would be happy to help you. And you just uh, kind of follow the blueprints to putting together your own droid. Uh, it's amazing. Like there, there's like a little motorized uh, screwdriver. What is that? A power Power tool. I don't. I don't know tools. Obviously, uh, screwdriver yeah, hanging that you.
0: A, this is a Star Wars podcast. You're, 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 you're at tools. Unless
1: it's a power. Unless it's a uh, hydro oh.
0: spanner, which I know is a tool that Han has.
1: Yeah. So so it's like you really you're pulling that down from the wall, so you feel like you're in a an actual like shop building something. That was a cool cool experience, and then um, you get to once you've built it all, uh, you get to put it in, and they will turn it on for you, like program it, quote unquote, with yeah. your remote. It's so fun. You get to
0: watch them come to life. And uh, so we both built BB units and you get different color schemes and different uh, head options for the dome, uh, but also personalities where you can choose either a first order personality, a resistance personality or a smuggler personality. Uh, Heather doesn't like freedom, uh, so <laughs> she chose the first order personality.
1: I like following laws and order.
0: Somebody listening to this uh, knows about football. That somebody is not me, but if you're listening... Heather uh named her droid after Tom Brady and then chose the chose the first order <laughs> personality so definitely on a power fantasy overall like she named it after a, a dominant player uh, gave it a dominant faction personality he was
1: an underdog
0: at that one time I guess the first order was two until they you know blew up an entire system so uh, you know what what's an act of terrorism who cares you know as if the droid can be a little sassy I mm. guess it's fine. Uh, but in all actuality, a TB12, as the droid is called. Yes, uh, TB12. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. And then uh, I'm named my droid after my dog, who in turn is named after Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So uh, a little double fandom connection there uh, with a smuggler personality. So she's got a little bit of like a lower beep, a little lower chirp, mm-hmm. more aloof, you know, playing it cool. Not at all like her owner, but... Uh, or. Can we even say, like, droid owner at that point? I mean, L3 and Solo kind of threw a, you know, threw a wrench in that. It's more like partners, I guess. I, I Which I guess, guess. it kind of always was. Like, you go back to, like, New Hope and you have Obi-Wan saying things like, I don't seem to remember ever owning a droid. Yeah. And it's like, technically, R2 was working for you guys for free for, like, forever <laughs> because none of you were his owner. He belonged to the Royal yes. Air Force of Naboo. I need someone to clarify that, too. Is R two working? Does he get R two get a check? Does he get credits? Uh, is it indentured servitude? We need to do an entire droids episode. I'll have to, I'll have to get somebody who's like an, an expert on uh, on you know unions and stuff to come on the show. But, droid
1: unions. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: droid rights. Uh, so yeah, so droid depot uh, was fantastic. Um, we'll save uh, sabers uh, for a few more minutes here and hit some of the small things. Uh, there's an important question, Heather. Do you know what the question is?
1: I don't know what the question is at all.
0: You've already answered it, so don't feel like you're not prepared. I feel like I'm you, not prepared. What's no, no, the question? You, you've answered it in real life, and the question is, which milk is better? I know the answer, but the listeners do not. Oh, So you have blue and you have green.
1: <laughs> the answer is very clear. It's blue. Green <sighs> is a little little gross. It's t- tastes a little too much like uh, wheat germ or something.
0: Too healthy. Too healthy. Wheat germ. Mm -mm. Is wheat germ a thing? Yes, it is. I thought you were going to say like wheat grass. I didn't Mm -hmm. know wheat germ was a thing. It it
1: tastes like germs and grass. All of that.
0: I wouldn't go that far with that description, but I will say that blue is better. Yeah. I like them both fine. Heather didn't like green. Uh, And it's not just because she likes the original trilogy more. Uh, (laughs) But it is. uh, This is not going to be the uh, we hate Luke drinking boob milk podcast, but yeah blue is sweeter and it's not milk i I, people still like maybe they didn't make that clear enough to people but people were worried
1: they did not make that clear enough because well i i didn't think it would be actual milk but i thought it would be more of a milk-like product it's like a it's like a blue icy that you get at a movie theater
0: yeah yeah just like definitely like smooth and it it has the same appearance as milk and everything and Mark Hamill has said that it's like a billion times better than what he actually drank.
1: Oh, bless his heart.
0: He's like, it's not just blue food coloring and a gross like syrupy concoction. Uh, It's actually really good. Uh, I tried a Ronto Wrap, uh, Heather's Vegetarian, so she did not. But there is something that you did try that was uh, a vegan dish that I know, I can't remember the name of it, but I know they said it was from Felucia, which is one of the prequel planets, and that was good, right? What did I try? It was like uh, they gave you pita bread. And it was uh, in Docking Bay 7. Remember when I was doing a tasting?
1: Yes. And then
0: that thing came around and it was like a a veggie spread.
1: I have no idea what that was, but yes, it was good.
0: Yeah. I need to refresh. I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. I need to refresh my memory on the menu, but that was really good.
1: Food that was really good was the Outpost mix as we were walking through the marketplace talking
0: since we moved on to food. I love the Outpost mix. The
1: Outpost mix. It's like a, a, a sweet slash spicy popcorn, kettle corn.
0: Yeah, one of them's purple and one of them's red. And it, by the way, it's so awesome that like they they, do, they put so much effort into the immersion that when they do do something simple like a popcorn, yeah. you're like you just go with it. Yeah. You're like yeah, it's outpost mix. I, I I never heard of popcorn in my life. This is Star Wars. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what popcorn is. It
1: was beautiful.
0: Yeah, they they don't even, for that one they were kind of just like we need a snack and and somebody in marketing <laughs> was like. Eh popcorn (laughs) we cart it in from from magic kingdom and when it's on the way here we'll sprinkle it with purple and red but that was my
1: that was my favorite snacky food in the land
0: yeah yeah i think that was my favorite as well uh, I almost choked and died on a piece, but it has nothing to do with them. <laughs> it has everything to do with my inability to eat. <laughs> but the uh, the desserts were good, too. Um, I can't remember their names. They were also Planet Inspired. Oh, but...
1: yeah. There was something with raspberry filling inside, which was unbelievable.
0: Yeah, yeah. So they, they did a good job with all of those details. And, and shopping in general, aside from food, is great. Aside from food and milk. Uh, you know, Heather bought some clothing, and I bought a hat, and there's toys and a a creature like pet store Mm -hmm. and all the toys are done in universe which is really cool so you can't buy them anywhere else on disney property or Mm -hmm. anywhere else period unless you're buying from that online flipper that i saw walking uh on the the way into the park let Uh, it go yeah it so makes me so angry it makes me so angry like all the toys for episode 9 and mandalorian and uh Oh, and Jedi Fallen Order are all going to come out on the same day. They're doing Triple Force Friday this year. Oh. And I don't even want to go to a Target. I don't even want to do it.
1: I'll go with you. I'll punch someone. (sighs) I'll step on a kid.
0: No, no. We're protecting the kids. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We're protecting the kids for people like you, evidently. (laughs) God. See? This is why people don't like the Patriots. It all all ties together. (laughs) It all ties together in a roundabout way. But, uh, yeah, Heather got a a cool ray vest, Uh, her actually her octo outfit very fittingly yes the the from the end of um, force awakens the beginning of last Jedi would you say that it's comfortable it looked comfortable
1: it was comfortable yes it's a a, a kind of a th- not not really thin not really thick uh, just a, a nice vest that ha- the collar comes slightly up uh, felt great
0: yeah yeah and uh you know obviously the uh, baseball cap situation, you know, simple for most people, for a, a big-headed gentleman like myself with my huge noggin. Uh, <laughs> Your head is so huge. <laughs> my, I, have a, I have a big head, guys. Like, I wouldn't say that I have, you know, in Star Wars terms, I don't have a Trade Federation, uh, you know, Viceroy Gunray-sized head, but also not like a Yariel Poof small head. And that might be the nerdiest sentence I've ever said in my entire life. But oh, I doubt it. If you if you got it, you got it. It's somewhere in the <laughs> middle of those. Uh, somewhere in the middle of those. Uh, but I think that that is, leaves um, lightsabers for the last feature thing, and then we'll wrap this up on the thing that we weren't allowed to take photos of. Oh, so the we'll, thing
1: that made me cry.
0: Yeah. So we'll, we'll let's talk sabers. So we were lucky enough to get into sabies, which, as we said. Uh, is booked up through the end of the year, at least on the Orlando side of things. Oh, yeah. Not sure about Batu West over in California, (laughs) but which credit to them. I mean, they made it apparently down to the exact like square inch is exactly the same.
1: I I could tell you I was looking for photos because I just wanted an an overview general photo when uh, I was posting, talking about some of these things on my social media. Uh, So I wanted like a, a publicity shot. That wasn't one that I had taken. I Googled it and I could not tell the difference between, I had to keep clicking on links to find which one was which.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. The the attention to detail is amazing. Just as a feat of park engineering, imagineering, uh, as they say. So, uh, we were lucky though. We did not have savvy reservations, uh, two fools somewhere here in the state of Florida were late or just skipped out entirely. Yeah,
1: they just didn't care enough.
0: Yeah, they were like, well, if in the next 15 minutes somebody doesn't come, then you can go. And then like five minutes later, they were like, hey, cool. So we got to choose your theme. So there's Power and control, which Heather chose, uh, unsurprisingly, you know, as if you've listened so far. I mean, the, the signs are all there. Like, the, if the Force was real, Heather's one of those people that could just not be trusted with it.
1: I am on brand. At all. Did you ever
0: play any of the, like, the RPGs? Like, No. Uh, thank God.
1: No, I wish I I wish I had. It, I always wanted
0: to. You would have been power hungry. Because a lot of them let you go dark side. And I was, I was explaining this to my girlfriend the other day, about talking about the Old Republic on Xbox. As you progress in the game, your dialogue options change based mm-hmm. on what you've done. But sometimes the dialogue options are replaced, like, in parentheses with, like, an action mm-hmm. option. So you could, like, say, like, hey, where are my credits? Or, you know, maybe we can make a deal or I'll take a smaller percent. And the last option will be force lightning. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you could just, just kill oh, them. Oh, wow.
1: I've got force lightning. Or,
0: okay. Or, or just choke. So, <laughs> you know, those are the types of things that we could expect from, you know the first order sympathizer over here if the if the forest was real you know kylo (laughs) heather over here uh but he's misunderstood he is a little bit you know i've definitely uh pushed hard for kylo on this show in a lot of ways not so not to the point of being a ray low person i haven't gone that far
1: well it's the only decent fanfic you're gonna get out there so i have to (sighs) i don't want to but i have to
0: god somebody listening to this show just just Popped champagne in celebration of what you just said. Yeah, we'll probably do a Raylo episode at some point while will assemble an all-star panel of people that uh, like it more than I do. But, uh, so you've got power control. You have protection and defense, which I chose. You have elemental nature, and then you have uh, what is probably the most standard Obi-Wan, Luke, Jedi uh, with peace and justice. So it's a 15-minute experience. You choose your crystal first. Heather went purple, I went green. Uh, And then uh, talk to me about, uh, you know, the presentation and the little speech and all that stuff.
1: I mean, it's really like you're walking into this uh, this junkyard because in in this universe that they've built, they're not allowed to have lightsabers Mm -hmm. or or to be selling lightsabers. So it's really it's all very hush hush as you walk into this back room and uh, everybody's spread out in a, a giant oval here. And the presentation is unbelievable. The cast member that takes you through the building of the lightsaber and the score, the music with it. Immediate chills as you're taken through the whole process.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's A, we were lucky to have a really good Disney cast member doing the presentation. Yeah. Because that can make or break it. She was on point. Yeah, she was great. And, you know, I've heard from some people uh, on the West Coast that, you know, it's a lot, LA is different, uh, Anaheim rather, uh, yeah. but you get the overflow of uh, people wanting to be actors. And so they're- <laughs> Overdoing it? Yeah. Aww. Like I, I was listening to a, the Black Series Rebels uh, show, which is a great Star Wars show on, uh, you know, podcast form and on YouTube. And they were saying that their guy was definitely like medieval timesing it, like go, <laughs> like go, go, going a little bit, a little bit out there, but uh, our, our uh, actress slash cast member was great. Uh, and she did a great job of of guiding you through the significance of the crystals and making little comments like they don't just have like, all right, I nailed my script. You know, that'll be two hundred dollars. Goodbye. They, yeah. you know, she walked over and she looks at your completed product and has different things to say if she's yeah. improving, I don't know. But...
1: Yeah, I, she thought it was very interesting that I chose a violet crystal with a power control uh, theme. So,
0: oh, and uh, and why did you do that? Because there's a Star Wars reason for that.
1: Oh, because oh, well. it was uh, the closest I could get to Mara Jade, my favorite character, who yes. they At some unceremoniously point... did away with.
0: Well, yeah, it was kind of unceremonious, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, the, that, the the that great extended canon universe. purge of, of 2014. Mm. You know, for for uh, for every good storyline in there, there are a few ones that are. Um, Ungood, I would say but uh like Courtship of Princess Leia which I found out the other day was the your introduction to that was
1: the very first that that's my introduction to fan fiction ever
0: because it really is a fanfic it really is a fanfic and
1: and guess what like 25 years later it's still obsessed
0: yeah and it's it's got that that reputation and you know it's so it's so fun when you hear people that come in through weird ways like Mm -hmm. I had my friend Lo on here a few episodes ago and she's going to come on again for a weird episode that we're planning on doing and her introduction were the Ewok movies that were on TV oh, God. first. Yeah, because she lived in a different country <laughs> at the time. And so people find all these different weird avenues in. But there, I believe I believe that Mara Jade is coming. I have no evidence for that. But I totally believe that she's coming. Once Thrawn was in, yeah. would you be... This is a complete tangent. But would you be okay <laughs> with them bringing her in, knowing that it would have to be so different? Because Thrawn, they sort of just said... He is still Thrawn, we just made him earlier in the timeline. Mm-hmm. He's pre mm-hmm. original trilogy instead of post. With Mara, it's the hard thing of you could do the Luke romance in the 30-year gap, but it would not be cuz now we know Palpatine's coming back. Yeah. Now. Yeah. You know, so it could not be the Emperor's hand type thing, I don't think.
1: The romance uh, of it is is the least interesting part of her character, I would think. Yeah. At least in my opinion. So I, w- I would want more of the, the you know, deciding what side she's on and the the con- conflict there within. So, yeah, I'd be okay with it being different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, there's speculation as to whether or not George ever wanted her story to even happen. But the great thing about that is... George took $4 billion to not have a say. So there we go. As much as I love it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, back to lightsabers. You construct it. You have a bunch of options. We get it together. Very high quality.
1: Yeah. It's very high quality. Very easy to like put together. I think it was how many pieces? Uh, you One, put
0: together. two,
1: three, four, five, six, put, seven.
0: Yeah. And the, you, oh, with, yeah, with the innards and everything. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you will leave a few options, obviously, on the table. Uh, which are available for purchase after the fact, I believe. I know Disneyland's trying to deal with flippers and collectors and everything, and they keep having to adjust how they're doing things. Yeah. But, yeah, so you'll leave scrap metal, quote-unquote, behind, and then they have you, well, the cast members will plug it into a little thing where they put your blade on without you seeing, and then uh, you get to raise your blade up as the music swells. That
1: all of the the little covers just like rotate off of your blade at the same time and they're all lit up and yeah, everyone raises and it's so you can tell everyone just kind of pauses as they raise their lightsaber (laughs) in the air and they stare at it and they're like, oh my God, I
0: stared at my blade (laughs) just illuminated there and then it wasn't until like 30 seconds in that I realized people were waving theirs and I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) wave (laughs) yeah you were a
1: little slow everybody paused for for five to ten seconds you paused for 30 seconds before you started playing around with it yeah
0: (laughs) i I was just so overwhelmed and uh there's some voice cameos throughout the park in different ways and this one has a really major voice cameo that is really cool that we won't spoil Uh, i had already seen it uh done on youtube from anaheim if you can avoid seeing it uh, if you can resist the temptation to look at galaxy's edge stuff on youtube it's really cool to experience uh but it's uh about that time uh, we're gonna be wrapping up after this one and this is the big this is the big big one
1: the big big one
0: so we're there it's not important how it happened because that's all boring behind the scenes stuff but at some point uh one of the people that was gracious enough to have us there uh said hey in lieu of other things that you could be doing we're going to show you something and what we're going to show you is the unfinished product for Rise of the Resistance, which is the second ride that's coming out. Uh, and it is just, it is everything that they promised with this park. And it's not even done.
1: No. I, I mean, I was like, oh, okay, second ride. I, I love a ride. I want to see what's happening. It's very cool. But uh, when we walked into the section that we got to see... Yeah. I literally had tears rolling down my cheeks because it was every childhood dream come true. It was, you were in this universe.
0: Yeah, it is uh, this, basically the story, again, between films and the sequel trilogy era. Poe Dameron's involved. Kylo Ren's involved. I'm assuming uh, they have dialogue from a Carrie Fisher voice double because mm-hmm. they say Leia sends you. And they have actresses that, that do Leia voice and stuff. So uh, you're in the thick of it, and but you get captured. And so we saw... A cruiser that looked like the Tana V four, probably not the Tana V four at this era. We saw an X Wing, but then you walk through into the sh- into the ship that looks like the Tana V and then you walk into what is a first order uh, Star Destroyer or Dreadnought. I'm not sure what it looked like oh. on the outside. And it's you Know 60, 70 troopers all staring at you
1: like full on. I wasn't sure at first when we walked in if it were actual humans in there or not yeah. because it, it, they're so real, it's not just a screen projection, it's actual no. physical like stormtroopers standing there.
0: Yeah, like if the if it is just armors that are gonna stand there like statues, it's still effective. Like, it's,
1: I I think that's what it is.
0: It's so many of them, but, like, but they're standing at attention, you know, yeah. they're, they're soldiers and. You look at the whole room, and and again, this is just one room, the beginning phase, and it has the same sizing and depth and just detail of those movie sets. It's it's absurd. Like, I it's felt ridiculous.
1: so small inside yeah. there just because the ceiling's so high and it goes so far back into areas that you can't get near. It just physically goes so far back yeah. and, and just to give you that sense of size. It, it was it's, beautiful. It's really
0: crazy, you know, and and we were lucky enough to be there. Uh, At the same time as Lucasfilm's Doug Chang, who I was very composed around. uh, (laughs) You accosted him. I was very professional, and (laughs) I did not uh, go up to him on the verge of tears and shake his hand uh, talking about uh, my childhood. I didn't do any of that. I said, Mr. Chang, appreciate you, and I kept walking. Uh uh That's exactly what happened, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. Uh, But that, yeah, I don't want to get into the whole, uh, because I'm not sure what we're allowed to say about how the ride's going to work or anything like that, because they did get into that a little bit.
1: They they've posted some stuff on the uh, Disney blog, Disney Parks blog.
0: Yeah, so they've talked a little bit about it. It's going to be like multi-phase, multi-vehicle. Again, like there are people that are parks experts. Like there are great podcasts to listen to that are about Disney parks, about theme parks in general. That could probably tell you, oh, well, it's building off this or building off that. I don't know. All I'm saying is, from my perspective, I've never seen or anything like this in terms of what they're trying to do with like the three ride vehicles and
1: it's it's, it's gonna be far crazy. beyond you know we compared the whole thing to wizarding world over at universal before and this is far beyond any ride that they have there this is far beyond any ride i've ever seen at any theme park yeah. and i only saw half of it
0: yeah exactly if that i mean because yeah. there's
1: <laughs> i saw one section
0: yeah i mean because there's there's hallways and there's and there's a vehicle that we have to get in after that and oh, so yeah. so who knows but overall just in general uh, galaxy's edge i mean we've gushed about it already for 41 minutes and uh it was just an incredible experience we both had a great time um i think it's safe to say that it's pretty all ages so don't feel like you have to
1: it's it's all ages definitely it's also all star wars experience levels i mean yeah you obviously are well more versed in star wars knowledge than i am Mm -hmm. but i still loved it and somebody who's just seen one or two movies they're fine and happy there
0: yeah and i also don't see any reason why it wouldn't get that one or two movies person even more interested Mm -hmm. because it's you know there have been people that have gone to the wizarding world that are like i mean i like harry potter and then once you're in it you know it's it's just it's hard to it's hard to resist that sandbox feeling and everything so i we definitely encourage all of you to go again this episode was just basically gushing recapping our experience i want to hear all about your experiences uh, let me know. Uh, it's coming to my attention that people do email the the show email uh, mm-hmm. that I did not uh, think people were doing. So I so, so you didn't check. <laughs> I made a show email, you know, for social media purposes. Sometimes you need to make another email uh, to open up some <laughs> show accounts, uh, and I put it out there once. But then uh, uh, sounds right. One of uh, our great Twitter listeners uh, was just like, "Hey, I emailed you," and I was like, "Oh yeah." Uh, so <laughs> I did not forget. Uh, I will be incorporating that email into a future episode. So definitely, let us know your experience there. Uh, hit up me personally at AD underscore Strider on Twitter, at A period D period Strider on Instagram. Uh, Alden Diaz, uh, wherever you can find me, not the Alden Diaz on Instagram who looks like he lives in Asia. That's not me. But uh, you can also find the show at Octo Radio on all your social media platforms. That's A-H-C-H-T-O. No dash because, well, the internet's not cool enough to let me have my canon name. Uh, And then you can find Heather uh, at Heather723. Yes. Pretty much everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, That's totally not her birthday. Uh, (laughs) It's just a random selection of numbers, and you can find her everywhere. Again, being a great broadcaster and nerd, uh, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right, and until next time, punch it, Chewy.